Hi, I'm Tom Coffin, CEO and President and Co-Founder of Simply Reliable Incorporated. Welcome to the Smartpreneur Podcast. What's a smartpreneur, you might ask? Well, a smartpreneur, in our opinion, is someone that focuses on working on their business, not just in their business. And our Smartpreneur Podcasts are designed to bring you some relevant information each week about your business and different parts of that business. It could be marketing, it could be workflow, it could be labor, uh, it could be business operations, many things that we'll talk about each week on the podcast. You can also check out our Smartpreneur blog at simplyreliable.com. And of course, our Smartpreneur podcast is brought to you by Simply Reliable, makers of Smart Office and Design Machine, the complete end-to-end -end solution for business process for systems integrators. So thanks for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy the show. This week on the Smartpreneur Podcast, our guest is Jason Sayan. Jason is the founder of I Am Saying. Please welcome Jason Sayan. Well, welcome, Smartpreneurs to another episode of Smartpreneur Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tom Coffin. And with us today, uh, we are uh, really happy to have back Jason Sayan. And Jason's going to talk uh, about, about selling. Uh, some anecdotes from, from his retail days, but really getting a little more into depth about just selling in general and the things you need to keep in mind. So how are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing really good, Tom. Thanks for having me back. Of course, of course. One of our most popular Smartpreneur faculty members out there. Uh, in fact, you could probably order your I Am Sam t-shirts from, uh, from I Am Sam .com, uh, you know, any day now, I would guess. <laughs> <laughs> Always be selling, right, Jason? That's right. Always be selling. <laughs> you know, I, I love this subject because uh, I see a lot of uh, uh, businesses out there where the art of selling has kind of gone away a little bit. It's it's kind of turned into the art of clerking or 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 just uh, providing whatever it is that person is asking you for, uh, versus actually selling them an idea or a concept or you know something larger than they can imagine. And uh, and really, you think about what what the systems integration business does. You know when you when you first introduce someone to that idea. And I remember this from from my early days of uh, of retail transitioning into custom transitioning into systems integration. You know, they'd come in and they're just looking for a home theater. And you say, well, how about don't you want to hear music in the kitchen? Well, I hadn't thought about that. And I know today this sounds archaic, but that's kind of how a lot of that started. Uh, and then you start talking to these to these folks with large houses. And and I would always bring up the story about. Um, you know, my dad just being freaked out about lights being left on, you know, and we had a pretty small house, you know, maybe 1500 square feet or something like that when I was growing up as a kid. So, of course, you can imagine these giant houses that a lot of us have worked on. Uh, if you left that kitchen light on, you know, it's a 10 minute walk down there to shut that kitchen light off. So lighting control <laughs> becomes a very interesting uh, uh, concept. Uh, and and Jason, in, in this uh, latest Smartpreneur blog, uh talks a lot about um, setting the setting the prospect up for understanding why they should buy from you. 
So without further ado, let's jump into it. I've taken way too much time talking about my life. <laughs> Jason, you, tell, tell us about selling. I know you've got, uh, you, got four you, selling yeah. techniques you want to talk about. Yeah, and you hit on some great points. You know, when I was in retail, um, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but the internet didn't exist. So right. what I think is interesting was clients would come in and, and the most information they would have was either they saw something at a friend's house or they have a catalog. So yeah. it made it a little easier to have conversations. Nowadays, clients come to us pretty armed with information. They may have already had a smart home or they were at a friend's house and they saw, you know, uh, do-it-yourself type products and got interested. And I just feel that we don't um, qualify them enough. And the qualifying works two ways. It's qualifying to see what they need but also qualifying to make sure they're the right client. I talked to a lot of integrators that say they're buried in proposals and their close rates like 20%. And if oh. they simply qualify those clients a little bit better, um, they would probably increase their close rate and you know, create less work for themselves. Uh, when, when I was in retail, we went through a training called Para, which was an organization that used to exist. They don't anymore, but it was Professional Audio Video Retailers Association. And, we spent a lot of time on qualifying, how to set expectations, how to do a proper demo, and how to close. And it's really just down to those four things. Yeah, you know, digging digging in a little bit more into qualification, uh, maybe you could share some of your ideas about, you know, one of the challenges with qualifications or qualifying a, a prospect. Uh, I, I always use the term, you know, you've got a suspect, you've got a prospect, uh, and then hopefully you got a client after that. But when they first get there, they're just suspects, right? You don't know if you want to right. do business together or not. Maybe talk a little bit about or share uh, your experience with how you kind of warm that up so it doesn't seem like you're, you know, sometimes that can come off a little rude, right, when you're when you're doing qualifying. What's been your experience with that? Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely don't want to create a interrogation-type environment. Uh, and, and, and a lot of salespeople will just stick to like the budget question. Well, what's your budget? And that's, you know, it's a good question because it takes the client's temperature, but they're always going to say something on the low side or that they don't know. And so, you know, I, I like to think of qualifying is, you know, what your ideal client looks like, you know, what, you know, the, the, uh, size of their project is location, uh, all of those things. And so within that framework of the perfect client come up with some questions that will give your prospect, you know, the ability to tell you what they're looking for to see if it fits that. And then as they're, as they're bringing up these, uh, answering these questions, you know, find ways to drill in. So for example, you know, in, in a past life, uh, when I worked for Savant clients would say, Oh, I want to integrate my Nest thermostats. And some integrators would just not want to, they would, they would let them be with that because they don't want to like rock the boat. And I would say, well, do you like the cool shiny thing on the wall? Or, you know, based on the design of your house, you know, we could, we could hide the thermostats, keep it nice and clean and modern, and we could average temperatures in all the different zones. Oh, really? Tell me more about that. Right. So in yeah. areas where you know what they're bringing up is not something you would want to sell them, um, you know, challenge that a little bit, ask why and, and dig a little bit further. But again, all of those questions relate back to what your ideal client is. Your ideal client's not someone that's going to bring a bunch of do-it-yourself products, right? So, exactly. but there's, there's ways to bring that up and explain to the client why it would work or not work and why it doesn't fit in with what you offer, or maybe it doesn't fit in properly with what they're looking for. Absolutely. You, you also talk about setting expectations and, I know one of the things that really helped me with uh, 
with with helping people figure out what it is that they wanted. Uh, again, going back to that transition between a retail store just selling hi-fi and home theater to selling integration was I divided up our our um, our offering, so to speak, into what we called you know bronze, silver, and gold. And the gold standard would have been uh, back then probably a Crestron-based system uh, or AMX, depending on uh, what, what years we're talking about. And the middle system, uh, you know, started off being like a fast system and then turned into Control Four. And then the lower price system was really based on relays and IR and stuff like that. But I had built out a feature set for security and infrastructure and distributed audio, distributed video, home theater, communications, the, the 13 or 14 different subsystems that we represented. And I found it very helpful to go through and explain the feature sets that those type of products, uh, when, when combined together, uh, would provide for the house. And of course they had a price range that went along with that. And that really helped develop a, a, a feeling of expectation of what they, how, how it would work and what it would cost. What, uh, what's been your experience or, or ideas that, uh, that you've done to do that? Yeah, I think, you know, the, as our industry has grown and matured in certain areas, no longer is it the, you know, good, better, okay, best high end type categories, right? It's you either want specific features and quality or you, you want value, which means you're going to lose features there. So mm -hmm. again, setting those expectations, making sure they understand if they want to go with a less expensive offering, what's that going to change to their experience? And, you know, a good example that now exists, there's a couple of companies that are making these budget calculators or tools where an integrator can sit down with the client to say, hey, you know what, you answer all these questions based on what we're talking about, and it'll spit out a budget proposal in three different increments, and it's pretty accurate. And that way, if the client's saying, oh, yeah, I want the best in-ceiling speakers, well, then at the end, when they see the budget's too high, they selected that. Nobody tried to sell them on that. Mm -hmm. And I find that that new tool is very useful in setting the expectations with the client. The other thing, too, is over the last two years, we've really had to dig into this when it comes to delivering products because the uh, supply chain issues. And so I think a lot of companies realized very quickly they had to be very clear what supply chain problems existed and what the expectations were of delivering the product and also changing the way they take payments because they have to order the product a lot sooner. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So when you're in retail, you've got all that space. You've got rooms, you know, all that, all those type of things that you've got with retail. And I, I see more and more, uh, or at least it appears to be, uh, more and more uh, systems integrators are starting to create uh, uh, experience centers and things like that. Uh, how important do you think the demo actually is? I think it's, it's extremely important because that demo actually reinforces the expectations that you're setting with the client. And again, when we, when we were in retail, the steps that we had to follow were tell them what they're about to experience, show them, and then ask them if they experienced it. And it's really that simple. I mean, I used to have uh, a set amount of CDs and I could use them for different types of clients and I knew what track I was gonna play. And I would only play it for a certain amount of time and I would tell them exactly what to listen for. And if they say they heard it and they experienced it, they're kind of buying into the sale. Um, you know, I've seen numerous examples 
over the years where a client was fixed on a certain budget for like outdoor audio products and simply doing a really good demo and explaining to them what they're going to experience can triple or quadruple the sale. Makes sense. Makes sense. So once you've qualified them and you've set their expectations, uh, which, what's your theory on closing? You know, how, how is closing and, and, and it's kind of a secondary question. Uh, how do you see the difference in closing in, in the systems integration business uh, versus like a retail close? Is it the same? Is it different? What's been your experience? Yeah, I mean, in the retail world, and, and I've shared this thought with others, and a lot, some people don't like the assumptive close because it seems like it's very aggressive. And I, I certainly don't mean to be aggressive, but it's just the trick is you don't want to use a closing question where the client can say yes or no, right? That's really the, the, the crux of it. And, you know, in retail, you're trying to get them to book an appointment or, you know, cash and carry with something that day. So that's as simple as like, hey, can we bring you up over here, right? Or can we schedule you in? Uh, in the in integration world, I, I think it's, you know, hey, by the way, we're booked out for two weeks. Would you like to reserve that spot? Uh, or we're booked out six months. It's just if you've done a good job with setting expectations, qualifying, and doing a demo, uh, it should be a lot easier to just assume that they're ready to move forward. And again, it's all about asking them a question where they can't really say yes or no. How does next week look for you to, you know, finalize the proposal? Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Well, then, you know, let's have that conversation. Yeah. Let's dig back in, right? Well, great. Uh, Jason, it's been great talking about sales with you. I really enjoyed it. And I, I know the Smartbator audience is going to love to hear this when it uh, gets broadcast. Uh, I know that uh, you spend most of your time these days uh, uh, running I Am Saying, which is out there helping uh, businesses become better at what they do, workflow and sales and things like that. So if one of our Smartpreneurs wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way for them to contact you? They can just head to the website, www.imsan.com, and there's a, a form to fill out to go directly to me, and we can set up a quick meeting. Awesome. All right, well, thanks for, uh, for being with us today, Jason. And Smartpreneurs, we'll see you next time on the Smartpreneur Podcast. Stay tuned. Thanks, Tom. Thank you.